Hey there, and welcome to the Fantasy Fantasia Podcast, a podcast where a bunch of theater nerds gather around and play various tabletop role-playing games, such as Dungeons and Dragons, Monster Hearts, Monster of the Week, Call of Cthulhu, and more. This podcast was only made possible by the Arts, Cultural, and Heritage Fund in Windsor, Ontario, so big thanks to them. My name is Eric Branget, and I will be your Master of Ceremonies for tonight's episode of Undergrad, A Monster Hearts Tale. Previously on Undergrad, A Monster Hearts Tale. You hear the group upstairs freaking out. Clearly the power has gone out all across the building. Since it's dark, Evelyn's going to pull out a green scrunchie from her pocket. Mm-hmm. And she's going to hold it tight in her hands and really concentrate. And she is going to cast uh, one of her hexes, Binding. The effect of Binding is that the person cannot physically harm others. Zach, you now have a crowbar. Oh, hell yeah. I, uh, I need some help here, man. My pals, we, we just need some help finding this guy before worse things happen. Bring me more. And you instantly get, like, a vision of you kissing Zelda in the home theater. And then you get another brief vision of lightning. It's a quick burst of lightning. And what you see are statues of unicorns kind of in rearing up mode, flanking what looks to be some sort of outside garden. In terms of this exact room, I'm not sh- Who's slow clapping? <laughs> I think we need like an explanation. What the fuck is going on here, man? Uh, how do you know like all about us? We don't even know each other. Listen, there will be time for me to explain all of that, but I think you have more pressing matters right now, don't you agree? But he's in this mansion, and I need you to figure this out. I've come bringing gifts, and he waves his hand, and what you see materialize in front of you is an old, rickety lantern. Can we name it? <laughs> Larry. <laughs> Evelyn. I just wanted take a look at the monitors. What you can see are statues and shrubs, but open sky on it. You see that it says rooftop. And uh, you do see this little chest, and you open up the chest, and what you see in this chest is a journal. And you open it up, and you see that it's uh, filled with old parchment, and it's written with numbers. There's some sort of number series that cover most of it. I thought I saw something up on the roof, on the cameras. I thought I saw someone go by. Travis bursts in the room. He's like, I followed <laughs> the smell of that danky doodle shit, man. Alexis, we don't know where she is. Wait, what? Okay, I'm going to go find Brian because I'm pretty sure he's still making the origami. I didn't even tell him Alexis was missing. He's just that useless. Oh my. What if Alexis is with the murderer? I hope not, obviously. I, I mean, I, that's like... always a possibility. You are on a rooftop garden terrace. I should come over and I should take a look at that for you. She's like, I 100% agree. And then she leans up and whispers in his ear, also, I have a hot tub. So, Egan, as you're weaving through your side, you hear. I just gotta gotta do this. I just got so close. What you do see is the back of somebody's head clearly wearing a mask in a tuxedo. And they have a knife that's already well covered in dried blood, mm. slowly running up and down the cheek of um, a young woman dressed all in black. 
with pale mm. skin and black lipstick. Okay, so I grab with my right hand, I grab the hand with his knife and pull pull his arm back. And as you squeeze, you feel his top rib literally shatter. He swings around his knife and he stabs you in the side. I want to try to use the hex wither. I want there to be a burning sensation in it. Something that's going to make him want to drop the knife. You're going to do this, but it's going to give his other arm super strength. And he drops his knife with the other hand. He grabs Alexis. He holds Alexis by her shirt scruff over the mansion. And he whips off his mask to finally breathe and a big pool of blood spills out that have been pooling in the mask. Ugh. He turns around and you see Coffee Bob. What? <gasps> what? Coffee Bob! Coffee, yes! Coffee fucking Bob? <laughs> yes! Chapter 6. The Stuff of Dreams The dark, cold wind of fall is upon us. The bells of Oakhurst College chime midnight as a woman wearing Victorian-era style garb, dressed with a bonnet, walks on the cobbled path that connects the four original buildings of the college together. It is a cool fall evening, and she begins to make her way back from a late class. We hear a whistle behind her from a man hunched over, the light of a cigarette barely lighting up his face with a long scar over his left eye. His right eye winks in her direction. She picks up the speed as the sound of crows can be heard echoing in the trees. The footsteps follow her. She hears a cat call from behind her. She pulls out a long silver blade out of her dress and turns to him. He laughs. <laughs> what are you gonna do? <laughs> Poke me with that toothpick? <laughs> he points behind her and another man appears directly behind her, grabs her arm, seizing the blade and throwing it off to the side. The man facing her runs at her quickly and they tackle her to the ground. Both men holding each arm, laughing together. Something happens very quickly. She sees a shape blur quickly across her face. A quick scream as both of the attackers are pulled off of her. She's turned around with just the sheer wind that this, whatever this is, is blurring past. She hears a crunch, a slash, and silence. She breathes into the cobblestone, afraid to look. She sees blood slowly beginning to pool through the gap between the rocks. Her memories rushing back to her in this blur. She swears she saw something. It was huge. It was, it was brown. It was hairy. Was it, was it a bear? No, 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 no. She thinks to herself, "There's no bears around here." It was, and it was running on its feet. It was an ape. No, but, but, but apes don't stand upright. They're not so naturally. As she's thinking about it, she hears a little sound of a small crunch and some gentle footsteps behind her. And a voice says, are you all right, ma'am? She turns around, finally taking her gaze off the cobblestone. Now the blood beginning to make way just in front of her face as she pulls up to see the kind face of a young woman in her twenties with green eyes, red short curly hair, wearing high pants, suspenders, and an overall button-up shirt. You're safe now, no need to worry. The fear instantly drains from the woman. She takes the hand of her savior and they walk down towards the dormitories. She swears when she looks back, 
that she sees massive footprints in the mud, so large and increasingly getting smaller as the footsteps get closer to where she laid. But, but eyes play tricks in the dark, she thinks, especially in times like this. And, and the blood probably just melted the footprints just to make them seem bigger. Everything has a natural explanation. They walk down the cobbled stone path, her protector accompanying her from the scum on campus. And welcome back, everyone, to another evening filled with Monster Hearts undergrad. I'm your Master of Ceremonies, Eric Brangett, here to bring you Fantasy Fantasia, of course, brought to you by Tall Tale Theater Collective. Let's just say hello to all of our players. Now, something else that we want to say is, uh, you know, I'm sure that if you've been listening, you have heard that our players have had their fair share of fuck-up rolls. Uh, so what's <laughs> nice about this game is when you roll a six or under, uh, it means that you actually get to add an experience to your character to a eventually level up. Uh, the idea in mind of this is that every time your character screws up, they will have learned from their mistake somehow, and that could equate to some sort of level up. So just before we jump into this next night, uh, what we're going to do is just go, we're going to do a brief road call again, just make sure everyone's here, and they're going to kind of let you know what they've taken for their level ups if they've leveled up. So uh, Avery, let's start with you. My name is Avery, and I'm playing the Infernal Skin, and my character's name is Kane Kaufman, and uh, he's cool. He doesn't fuck up too often. Yeah, right. You've just been having nice rolls, so you all good. Yeah, you're good. Uh, Carla. Yeah, I'm uh, Carla Jemmy, and I play Iris Greenwood, the face skin, and I am one away from leveling up, but not there yet. Okay, the suspense is killing me. Nice. Kim. <laughs> uh, my name is Kim Babb, and I am playing the vampire skin, and my character is Dr. Elizabeth Egan, and I have not leveled up yet. Well, damn, wow. Okay, so maybe people roll better than I thought. Maybe it's just... <laughs> um, <laughs> Consolation prize. <laughs> Steph, how about you? Hi, I'm Stephanie, and I play the witch skin, Evelyn Reed Wilson. And she's been handling herself pretty well so far, so I'm not close nice. to leveling up okay, yet. Okay, so I guess, you know what, I just did this whole thing so that Zephyr felt... Um, not, not you know excluded uh, so, but now he know, feels the, more so yeah the man right. of the hour Zephyr why don't you tell us what's going on with you hi you guys I'm Zephyr Caruana I'm playing the queen skin his name is Zach Wilder and uh, uh, so he took the streaming skill and can now read the minds of his uh, gang members so I always know their emotions and fears Whoa. and when I try to hear specific thoughts cool. I can gaze into the abyss and try to, to get anything more specific Damn. That's, God that's damn. so cool. You don't understand. You, you, none of you understand. I'm trying to save everyone. I'm going to save this campus and I'm going to save all of you. Don't you understand? Who the hell even are you? You're like 40. You can't, you're not a student. That's Coffee Bomb. Dr. Egan, you also know who this is, and okay. um, I'm going to say you've been working here for a long time. Yeah. So yeah, you okay. know who gotcha. Coffee Bob is, and Evelyn, you also know Coffee Bob, because you've been working there for a week. Oh, okay. So Coffee Bob, you would have either gone to his place or had some of his coffee brought to you. That's Coffee Bob. I work for him. How's it going, Iris? <laughs> <Bob>. <laughs> <Hi>. <laughs> Yes, uh, well, today, I guess. Yesterday? Is that okay? Am I going to get docked pay? 
Cyrus? I really uh, I, don't think that's the question we're asking right now. Don't you understand? I'm saving you! I tried to cancel this year. I tried. I killed that sorority girl when her stupid boyfriend went out to go smoke pot. But did they listen? No! Did they cancel school? No! They've made me do this. They've made me do this. I didn't want to kill anybody else. And he's like, like waving Alexis around. He's like, do you think that I want to kill her? But I have to. I have to. Uh, Zach is gonna try to sneak up, like while while he's talking to Iris, <laughs> and he's gonna take out his crowbar. Yeah, so I was uh-huh. hoping I could destroy. Oh god! Oh god! Okay, uh, that's gonna be a n- oh, fuck a nine. On a seven to nine, choose. You keep your cool. Pick a option from the ten up list, but also gain the condition terrified. Oh god! Um, you can. Ask the MC a question about the situation, and you can remove a condition or carry one forward during this scene. Okay, I'm going to carry one forward during this scene. Oh, okay, cool, okay. Uh, yeah, so I'm so you're basically just going to take a plus one on everything you do in the scene that has to do with saving Alexis. Okay, cool. But you're also fucking terrified, and I would assume probably more for her. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, one of his best friends is being dangled out of a fucking balcony. So that's, yes. a, that's a pretty bad situation to be in. So you're trying to sneak up, correct? Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to, like, sneak behind him so that if he drops her, he's going to try to, like, grab her with the hook of the crowbar, like, by her jacket. Mm. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Here's, here's what there is. As, as he's kind of monologuing, um, there is, you know, a, a, a wall that kind of surrounds this uh, this roof. You peek over, Zach, and you see that there is but a little small, like, little brick jut out that only goes a brick length uh, that sticks out after this wall just to finish it off architecturally. So you're going to kind of duck down and hop on that very thin pathway and start to edge your way closer. How does that sound? <laughs> What could possibly go wrong? Just, uh, you know, for the audience's sake, how many stories is this? <laughs> oh, this is, uh, well, uh, the actual building is three plus this, so this is about a four and a half story fall. Oh. Okay, yeah, that's totally doable. That's so <laughs> yeah, cool. no problem. It, it definitely oh, leave a bit of a bruise. Yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. uh, so you are inching closer. So is he, Iris was trying to distract him. Is mm-hmm. he still, like, who is he saying this monologue to? Just he, so he's just know. saying it to, like, all of you. Um, oh, okay. But, but Iris, you, you addressed him, and he obviously knows you a little bit. So I would say his eye contact is probably dominantly on you, but he's just kind of saying it in this desperate fit cool. right now. Okay, okay. okay. And Elizabeth um, sees Zach kind of going on the side and uh, also has the idea of distracting so she starts walking, and she still has the knife in her side. She, she's, you know, she's badass. Don't like move! That. Don't move! Don't move! Don't move! Hey, Bob, Bob, Bob. Hello, it's me, Doctor Egan. Remember, I always get you the lattes whenever I come see you. You, you should be thanking me too. I'm saving you of too. Course. I'm saving you. And, I and, and you know what? No one even knows. No one even oh. knows what I've I've done for this college. Do you know what I've done for this college? Do you know I, the people I've I killed for know. this college? Can you tell me, Bob? Listen. I would love to know, how how are you trying to save us? Because I, I interfered with their plans. Because I ruined their plans. Who's the- If the campus was shut down, they couldn't, they couldn't do their plans. And, and, and he keeps kind of talking like this. So he is fully concentrated on Egan right now. Uh, so is there anything else anyone wants to do while this is happening? Evelyn is going to say to Coffee Bob, you said you didn't want to kill anyone. Why don't you put her down? 
I, I no, no, you, you know what I'm saying? I don't want to kill any more people, but I have to kill who I have to kill because then they're going to close no. it down and then I'm going to save everyone. Okay. I'm going to save there, everyone there are other here. Ways to close and you down. see him actually getting, he, he spits up a bit more blood as his hand still burns. And for a moment, you see him kind of black out and lose consciousness. And he steps back and almost falls over the edge, but catches himself at the very last minute just from that momentum and grabs Alexis again and looks at you and says, Ben, don't, you know what? When when I kill her, I'm going to kill all of you, and then they're going to have to do it. If I kill four students and a faculty member, they're going to have to do it. They're going to have to shut it down, and I'm going to save everyone. I don't shut care what it costs. Bob, look at me. Look at me. And and she's going to try to hypnotize to hypnotize Ooh, him cool. to, um, to let uh, Alexis back onto the roof. Cool. Okay. Okay. So that is hot, and that would be... Oh, that's a 12. Oh boy! So she's so she's she says to Bob like, Bob, Bob, I want to hear all about it. I want to hear what they did and everything. Can you please take that girl and put her down? She wants to hear the story too. I can't let them do it again. No, we'll help you not let them do it again. Okay? I'm here for you. Bring bring her up onto the roof. There you go. He kind of puts her down, just like kind of lays her down on that very thin brick path as, as he's so mystified by you right now. But he does put her down and okay. she's kind of dangling on that little brick thing and she sees you, Zach. Okay, uh, Zach's going to hold out a finger like shh and uh, reach out a hand kind of subtly to grab her while he's distracted. She She's quite small and nimble, so she does that relatively easily. She kind of composes herself and she drops down out of sight. She grabs your hand and she's following your lead. Okay. Uh, now that she's behind Zack, Zack is going to take the crowbar, try to hook it on this guy's tuxedo jacket, and yeet him out of the four-story uh, building. <laughs> oh my god! Oh no! Roll volatile for me. Oh, negative one. I'm so volatile. That's a, oh god, that's a four. <laughs> oh no. Here's what we're gonna do. Oh no. <laughs> Here's what we're gonna do. Okay, so you go to hook the crowbar on the back of his tuxedo, and as he's uh, explaining things to Egan, all of you see the tuck, uh, the crowbar like poke out from behind the wall, and it pulls him back, and he breaks eye contact with you, Egan, and he he falls backwards and just really quickly, because um, Coffee Bob is much heavier than you, Zach. He throws himself forward. You're lurched forward by the sheer energy of it, and he actually reaches around, pulls the crowbar out from behind his back, wrenches it from your hand, makes eye contact with you, and cracks you right across the face with the crowbar. Oh, no. <laughs> a flash of pain as two, you're going to take two harm as you spit out a few teeth. Oh, my God. <laughs> And the crowbar makes contact with you and you literally fall off the roof. And <gasps> at, as you fall off the roof, you see that the ground is getting closer. And all of a sudden you feel a tug on your arm as you look up and Alexis is holding on to you really tightly. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs>
your jaw hurts. Um, what what comes out is like, as like blood oh, in your jaw. Geez. Can't fully form sentences right now. Oh. I'm so glad I have two thousand dollars, and I hope there's a dentist here. <laughs> <laughs> and at that moment, he now has a crowbar and starts swinging it wildly, Egan, at just j- just enough that it doesn't hit you, but it gets really close. And he says, back away, back away, no! And, and and he turns around and he sees that Alexis is helping him. And he goes to hop over the thing to get Alexis and Zach. What did the rest of you do? Iris yells, coffee, Bob! He and just stops. Hey, hey, coffee, Bob, wait, look yeah. this way. What? what? Does he turn? Yeah, he does. This is all she can do. She unbuckles her um, overalls and flashes him. Hey! <laughs> okay. Trying to just, just trying to distract him long enough for Alexis and Zach to like get up. So I'm gonna have you roll for turn someone on plus hot. Can I use my wild hunt since I am acting with ferocity? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, sure. That's a ten. So you flash coffee, Bob. <laughs> And like for a second, he like stares at you and his eyes just like drift from your eyes down to your chest. So in a turn someone on situation, uh, so cause you rolled a 10, uh, on a 10, take a string against them. Dude, cool. So he, he just looks and he goes, I would love to French press you. Oh my God. Oh, oh my God. Jesus. Iris's, Iris's eye, Iris's eye twitches slightly at that, but she's like, she's just worried about her friends. As that happens, it gives Alexis enough time that she pulls you up, Zach, and your hand is now up on the brick. So you can pull yourself up. Yeah, Zach is going to scramble up. Yeah, so you pull yourself up. So you're both kind of on this narrow brick passage, and he kind of breaks from it for a second and goes, What? But God, no, I I can't think of beans and titties now. And he turns around, (laughs) and he goes to strike at the crowbar, but Alexis has just moved out of the way, and he cracks down, and the crowbar breaks uh, one of the brick pieces, and the brick piece goes tumbling (gasps) to the ground. And he's walking towards you, Zach and Alexis just whacking the bricks one by one, trying to chase you down. Oh, God. Uh, Can I, like... Use volatile to run away. Yes. Oh God! It's another negative one. <laughs> Fuck off. Uh, six mi- uh, plus one minus one is six. Okay. No. Yeah. So. <laughs> this is brutal. So you're so. Alexis manages to roll over back onto the roof just before he hits with the crowbar you go to do the same but you're a little bit less graceful about it and he hits you in the leg as you swing around he hits you in the right leg as you swing your right leg around it's going to do one harm to you (gasps) as you feel a little bit of a bone crunch now if i'm not mistaken you're at three harm so like at three though like you are on the ground curled up spitting blood not doing well he goes to jump over back onto the roof Uh, so alexis and zach are currently out of commission uh, does anyone want to do something uh, as he's hopping over to go back? Evelyn is going to just be staring at him and starting to chant again. And she's going to try to use her hex binding. Okay. So, like, you're going to try to make him not harm anyone? Yeah. Cool. Okay. So how that happens is I'm going to say that you fling the scrunchie at him. And because it's magical, the scrunchie seems to just grow a little bit and wrap around his hand. 
And he like looks at it, he's like, what the fuck? And he tries to like swing it off and he can't swing it off. And he goes to kick Zach, who's on the ground. And it's almost like a force field, like stops him and pushes him backwards. And he flips back from the sheer force of it and falls off the roof. And you just see his hand catch the cement wall as he's dangling off to the side. You hear oh him go, God. oh God, fuck, no, I can't, I have so much work to do. You don't understand what you're doing. Iris buckles back up her overalls and turns to Kane and she's like, should we just let him die? What? No, uh, sorry. <clears throat> uh, no. And, and then uh, begins running over to the ledge to go grab him. And Elizabeth also runs too. Evelyn does too. Cool. So you all run and you see that he is holding on and he's kind of talking to himself and he just goes, <laughs> no, no way. Don't you see? Don't you see that I... This is supposed to happen. This is how I will save everyone. If I die, it can finally happen. No, Bob. What can finally happen? Yeah, before you it die, you gotta let us know. Finally happen. <laughs> he looks up at you, Iris, for a quick second and goes, Bob, give me your hand. He looks at Iris and says, Search under the rose. Honestly. What rose? You are really fucking shitty at making coffee. <laughs> You're welcome. I've saved you all. And he lets go. And he falls like open arm style, like Ripley from oh Aliens God. 3. With a quick smack and break on the ground, you see his body shatter on the cobblestone. As the blood begins to pool around his head and the crowd start to scream. Iris looks away. Zach peers out from the tower, looks at Coffee Bob, then looks at the rest of the group and says, uh, Someone didn't have their cup of Joe this morning. Hey! Oh my god, dude, your moneymaker. It's, it's. Oh, I know! It's fucked. Don't... It's completely oh. fucked, dude. You're gonna need complete oh, reconstructive yeah. surgery. Is it bad? Yeah, your jaw is literally, like, crooked right now. Like, you can't close your, your oh mouth. Oh my back. god. Uh, okay, guys. I, yeah. I Help him up! Help him up! We need to get you to a hospital right yeah, now. Right yes. It's probably the door opens up and you see oh, Travis go, I brought the cops, man! And oh. the campus police start coming in. They're like, hey, we thought this place was empty. Oh, oh, oh. And they're all kind of coming in going, uh, and you see Bull Steel go, what the fuck happened? We need a doctor. Coffee Bob was the one behind all of this and he broke his jaw and I think his leg. Yes, he needs to go to the hospital right away. Coffee Bob? You're telling me that Coffee Bob, a pillar in this community, did this? We all saw it. Yes, we did. Do you Trust have any me. reason why? He he wouldn't tell us. Oh, come now, Sergeant Bull Steel. That will hardly be necessary. And coming from the group of campus police, as they kind of part away, is a uh, female police captain. She seems to, in her uniform, to kind of outrank all of them as they kind of nod. And, you know, Sergeant Bull Steel clacks his heels together really quickly and through gritted teeth says, Yes, ma'am. And she looks at you all and goes, I am so sorry that this happened. My name is Captain Fox Holly. That's a pretty name. Why, thank you. I'd rather enjoy it. My mother gave it to me, actually. And she turns away from you and walks over to the balcony and peers over it to see Bob on the ground and goes, Oh, I... So it was Coffee Bob. I'm sure the cameras will confirm that, but it, it just doesn't make sense. 
and she looks back at all of you and goes, I, I am so sorry. On behalf of Oakhurst, allow me to apologize. That That's okay. Uh, can, can we get our friend to a hospital? He he needs urgent medical medical attention. Yeah. Yes, uh, of course, of course. Please, can, uh, can the wig guy carry me? It's really hard. To, you to can walk. go oh. fuck yourself. Bullsteel <laughs> oh <my> says. <laughs> <laughs> and Captain Fox Holly says, "No, I I understand. Not to worry, but the ambulance will be here shortly. They have been called. Trust me." Oh, about about thirty seconds later. The stretcher comes up and brings Zack away in the... They throw him in the back of the ambulance and they drive Zack away. Um, Zack, Alexis and Travis both went with you. Brian was really busy with what looked to be, as you were walking, um, some sort of squid origami. And he was just trying to get the tentacles right. He was saying, I'm just trying to... I, I just need to get the tentacles right. Okay, bye. As you, oh uh, as you were brought to the hospital, uh, the rest of you are outside in front of the campus, at, uh, sorry, in front of the welcome building as the crowd disperses home. You can see the Dean saying goodbye to everyone going, okay, I hope this didn't ruin your view of the, of the college. Yeah, no, we're still, everyone gets uh, free stickers. <laughs> yeah, sorry, stickers. There you go. And he's just like giving everyone stickers. Hopefully this doesn't traumatize you for life. No, no. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, what are you studying? Oh, history. That's fun. And he's just talking to students as they leave, trying to save face. <laughs> Evelyn just looks wow. at them and says, remind me to report him. Whew, this has been uh, quite the night. Yeah. Jay, I don't know what time it is. Yeah, you can actually see on the clock tower that it is now about 1230. Oh, at night? At night. Yeah, at night. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Iris turns to uh, Evelyn and uh, Egan and says, it was really nice meeting you. We should do this again sometime. Hopefully in a better scenario. Yes, I have a feeling. Yeah. I have a feeling we will. I think there'll be lots of opportunities for us to get into adventures like this. Hmm. And oh, she reaches down and she pulls out the knife that's sticking in her side. <laughs> <laughs> that was kind of hot. You have one knife. Here. <laughs> yes. You have Coffee Bob's knife. You actually see that it has like CB like carved in with like a little coffee cup. Oh, like, coffee bean. A little coffee bean etched oh, in yes. it. <laughs> Can use that to intimidate your students on the first day of class, eh, Doctor? Yes. I assume the crowbar is is now at the bottom of uh, the campus, right? It is on. Yeah. Did yeah. it go with Coffee Bob? No, he would have dropped it when he fell. No shame that the others are listening. Iris turns to Kane and says, So, how about that hot tub? <laughs> Kane's face goes visibly red and uh, he just tosses back on his aviators and he says, Well, I hope I see you two around campus. It was very nice to meet you this way and I look forward to being very good friends. And uh, yeah. Elizabeth is amused. <laughs> she kind of nods to him, like, Yeah, go get her. <laughs> Have fun, I guess? So, Zach, as you've been brought to the hospital, um, yours is going to, we'll, we'll take yours up at the end, but for now, you're going to be kind of on ambulance route, just getting to the hospital now. As the rest of our, our students and faculty uh, walk around, so we're going to have uh, everyone else's together. You hit the spot just about in the center of the campus in front of the clock tower. You're a few blocks away now from that welcome center. You're at the area where you all kind of break up to go to your various homes. So Egan, I assume because you live in that little housing area, you can go that mm -hmm. way. And then you yes. have to make your way back to the roots, Evelyn, and then uh, both of you, uh, Kane and Iris can go to the treetops. So is there anything that you want to do before you all part? Well, I guess uh, <laughs> I hope the second day of Welcome Week is just as exciting, but a little more positive for us. Um, I guess I'll see you guys around. 
Uh, yeah, uh, maybe, should we? I guess should we arrange to meet somewhere? We could go to Coffee Bob's. <laughs> oh wait, that's <laughs> hilarious. Really? <laughs> Iris, I'm sorry. I still think I work there. Guys, I don't have a job anymore. <laughs> I could always see if they could use an extra person at the library. Um, um, we could all meet in my office. It's the basement of the biology, biology building. Sure, and then oh. maybe we can hit some Welcome Week events together. That sounds like a good plan. Uh, no, we could talk about what happened and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and perhaps make a plan for... What did he say to you again? What did Coffee Bob say to you, Iris? He said... S- um, go ahead. Yeah, no, go ahead, Kane. He said, s- search <laughs> under the rose. Those were his final under words. Under the rose. I should have asked him what the rose was. I'm sorry, guys. I panicked. Well, what do you think? Could be It could be rose of something. It could be a rose bush. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I'm trying to think if there was a rose at the coffee shop, but I can't think of anything. All I remember is just chaos. Well, hey, and I, I kind of put my arm around uh, Iris. Let's just sleep on it. And we'll bring our ideas to tomorrow's meeting. Elizabeth says, sleep. Sorry, what? Just air quotes. <laughs> Kane genuinely asks. Evelyn's just getting more and more visibly uncomfortable by this whole conversation. Well, on that note, yep. I think I'm going to head back and bring Kane to my hot tub. <laughs> All right, then. Honesty. Did you know on my balcony, I have like a tiki beach setting? It's amazing. As we're walking. <laughs> Wait, which dorm, Kane, which dorm are you? The treetop dorm. <gasps> so am I. Yes! <laughs> I mean, that, that's pretty awesome. So Elizabeth looks over to Evelyn and uh, she she kind of says, good job up there. Thank you, you too. Are you a witch? Pardon my asking, I. but I've seen things like this before. Well, I mean, I, I guess if I can't trust you, I really can't trust anyone around here. Um... Yeah? Huh. I think you'll come in rather handy. Well, uh, looking with how you tried to calm down Coffee Bob, I think you're a pretty good person to hang around with. Thank you. I have my little secrets, too. But for now, let's get some sleep, shall we? <sighs> Sounds good. Thank you for everything, Professor Egan. All right, see you tomorrow at my office. So Elizabeth heads o- uh, back over because she she lives in the town, so she's gonna go ahead to the faculty parking lot. And by now, like I guess her car is the only one left. Oh, definitely. Maybe there's a couple other ones. <laughs> yeah. So she drives a black Cadillac mm. that has tinted windows. Nice, mm-hmm. sexy. Um, <laughs> and she gets in and she sits for a moment and. She starts up the car and she's driving back home and she gets an idea and she uh, reaches over to her right where the console is and lifts up the, the, the like the little console lid and in there is her car phone. Heck yeah. And it has like the like the buttons on the back of the phone and everything like that and she you know types in the number of uh, Dr. Renner. So the phone rings. And you just hear a pickup. Yes. Jeremy, it's Elizabeth. Uh, Look, I, I'm so, so, so very sorry about what happened tonight. I, I, I acted terribly. I, I know it's not an excuse, but I, I really needed to explain. You see, 
I was quite upset. There was a, a dead girl right in the middle of the building and, well, you know me well enough to know that I don't like being vulnerable around people and, well, I didn't want you to see me cry. I, I was embarrassed. Would you forgive me? Listen, Elizabeth, if you can't open up to me, I, I just don't see the point, you know? I mean, I think we're both too old to be wasting our time. <laughs> she kind of laughs at the, the thought of old. <laughs> uh, I know, I know, I know. Look, let's have a fresh start tomorrow. Why don't you stop by my office first thing tomorrow morning and I can make it up to you. Maybe we could have a drink. He thinks about it and... Do you want a coffee or a tea in the morning? Hmm, surprise me. Good night, Elizabeth. Good night. And the phone hangs up as you are driving <laughs> through the forest and Oak Haven begins to open up before you as you drive home. Evelyn, you get back to your dorm, and it seems pretty quiet right now. You only, like, see a few stray dogs fighting for, like, a bone outside of your apartment. So <laughs> it's, it's like, pretty tame right. for, you know, what, what you're used to in the past little while. And right. uh, you make your way to your actual room, and sure enough, Whiskers just starts to like rub, well, like just all, 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 of, all of her face against Hi, you. Hi, Whiskers. Oh, hey, pretty girl. I missed you. I'm back Hi. now. It, we'll like, get you some Whiskers food. like runs up you and kind of like like sprawls herself out across your shoulders. Oh, thank you. Hey, we'll get you some food. You must be starving. Wow. And I kind of pick her up off my shoulders and put her down on the floor and I get her some food. Yeah, and as you are working on that, you do see that there's like a little stack of, of letters that have built up under your door. And you know that for when when you're away, people can't find you at the library. Well, sometimes slip letters under your door. So you have like a little mm. thing of orders to fill. Okay. So as you go through, you see like, please make me study better or help yeah. me get the chance to hit on this girl that I really like. Can I, can I, you know, maybe be a bit braver? And you have kind of all of these little requests as you're going over your stuff. Yeah, so I start sorting all the requests into categories checking my all my materials and trying to get things organized so that i can i can start fulfilling the requests yeah so as you're kind of laying it all out and organizing and getting it uh all set up as our camera kind of fades out of your room and as the camera fades out of your room the last thing that we see are you organizing each of the letters and whiskers kind of bouncing with the remainder of them playing them with them like a hockey puck on the carpet Bringing us back to Zach. The last thing you remember is being in the ambulance and seeing Alexis's face like staring back at you just with these very reassuring and kind eyes. And you heard Travis picking up the oxygen mask going, bros, like how high could I get off this? <laughs> <laughs> and you, you, uh, you fainted and you woke up. You're now in a hospital bed and you can feel these kind of IVs up your arm and you feel like there's something kind of in your mouth as if it's stopping you from closing your mouth. It's all bandaged up and stuff and your eyes flutter open and the first thing you see are Alexis's eyes staring back into yours and she goes, hey there. 
Oh, shh, 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 it's okay. You got, you got, you got really <laughs> fucked up. Like, big time. Uh, he thinks out loud, what the hell happened? All the memories run back to you. Like, you remember getting your jaw clipped by a crowbar. You remember seeing Coffee Bob fall. It's all kind of flashing in your memory. Whoa. Travis uh-huh. is in the chair next to you, passed out. Just, like, totally asleep. Where the fuck is Brian? Last time, well, he was working on his origami, so, I mean, you know how he gets. Oh, that's great. I'm glad he's working on his origami. (laughs) (laughs) She holds up a little water cup and says, do you want a drink? Oh, yes, please. So, you saved me. I I, I guess I did, but I don't feel like I saved anyone right now. <laughs> the doctors say that it's it's mostly just inflammation and you broke a few teeth, but they said you should be back in, you know, three or four days. You might have to miss a bit of the welcome week, but you should be okay. Ah, eh, fuck it. Like, how bad are my teeth? Like, be honest. And he's gonna, like, smile oh, a God. crooked, broken smile. <laughs> she looks at you and she goes, It was mostly molars, so, you know, with the front, like, you still got your four ones in the front here, okay? Oh. <laughs> For it? it just it just might be like chewing meat might be not the most fun after this. Oh, I love meat. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> but but I mean they you know I mean I know, you know, maybe your stepdad could buy you some extra teeth. Like they're really not that expensive for him, you know. I I don't wanna call him on my first day and say, Hey, can I have money for a dentist? I've already used that excuse before. <laughs> Listen, the um, the doctor said that when you woke up, I should l- let them know because you're probably going to want more morphine. Oh. And, and they said that you should probably go back to bed, so. Okay. Uh, um, he's going to, like, as she, like, turns to leave and grab her by the wrist and say, uh, Hey, uh, I'm glad you're okay. She leans in and she kisses you on the not broken side of your face. <laughs> it's t- it's still soft and like very purposeful. And she she lingers there for about like two or three seconds. And she pulls away, leaving a, uh, a smear, like a, a little black lipstick mark on the side of your cheek. <laughs> and uh, walks away. Aww. Zach is just going to like uh, have a little bit of a pregnant pause realize that his face is basically on fire and <laughs> lay back and yeah. kind of stare at the ceiling. <laughs> and as that happens, you feel the kind of pain and fatigue overwhelm you again, and your eyes shut. Kane and Iris. You pull up in front of the treetops and you open up the door. You've walked past all, all the, you know, oak tree lining and the beautiful fountain out front. And you've walked back inside. And uh, sure enough, the, the lights are still on. That lovely classical music still in the air. And Jeeves just appears out of nowhere. <clears throat> Good evening, madam and sir. Good evening. Huh? Hi. Would you care for some hot towels now? And he pulls out two hot towels. Sure, Man. I always take hot, hot, hot towels. <laughs> mm, they're lavender scented. I love this place so much. Oh my god. Know, isn't it great? Would you like any room service brought directly to your room? 
Um, oh! It, it looks like she could actually use a bag of ice. Um, there might be a little bit of swelling still around the bridge of her nose. Oh, yes, madam, you did. He looks at you very calmly and says, May I, madam? Sure, yeah, I walked into a door. He kind of, like, touches your nose, like, really delicately and says, Well, I did heal people when I was driving an ambulance with Her Majesty the... You just feel a snap on your nose, and your nose just sets itself right again, and, like, you go to feel it, and it feels totally straight, and it doesn't hurt anymore. Oh. Iris turns to Kane and says, How does it look? I mean, great. It looks perfect. Jeeves! And she goes up and gives him a big hug. He gently taps you on uh, on the top of your head. The honor is all mine, madam. <laughs> Thank you so much. You're the best. So, would you like me to escort you both to your rooms? Um, oh, um... <laughs> uh, yeah, and we just look at each other, I guess, and... Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, actually, we were thinking of hanging out, and I was going to go check out Iris's room. My hot tub. Very well. He he honestly like turns around for a brief second and appears and just like turns back around and you don't know where he got this silver tray from. Like he just pulled it out of his butt, but he shows back up <laughs> when he turns back around. He has a silver tray and it's just got like an hilarious collection of condoms on it. <laughs> oh, <laughs> and then Kane just takes him quickly. Uh, thank you. Okay. Yeah, there, there's like ribbed, flavored, you know, fucking vanilla normie. There's, you know, glow in the dark. There's oh my God. fucking Jesus, icy sensation. There's gummy blast. I don't even know what the fuck that is. Um, some of them have like Japanese names. like, And he's like, some of these are illegal in the continental North America, says. I find that this one, and he points to one that's like lime green, that's got like a bunch of purple hearts on it, is quite thrilling. Lime green, purple hearts. Okay, uh, th thank you for the advice. Oh, actually, Jeeves, um, before we go, I need to ask a favor of you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I have a friend that I kind of feel bad about something I did to them. Um, do, you, do, you, I don't, do you know any drug dealers on campus? What kind <laughs> of drug would you like? Uh, the weeds. <laughs> Ah, oh, marijuana. Would you like indica or sativa, sir? Which one's like, I'm a rock star, and I'm gonna sing with a broken jaw. Sativa. Um, really good quality sativa. I'd like to get in contact with someone who can get me some of that. Uh, you know what? I will take the liberty of hand-rolling the most fat fucking doobies for you, sir. <laughs> you know what, Jeeves? I, I really appreciate that. Um... If you could send it over to a guy named Zach Wilder, I'm actually not sure. He pulls sure. out like a pen and like starts like writing oh. all this information. Uh, yeah, name Zach Wilder, location, well, an unknown, uh, dorm unknown, friends. Um... My people will find him, sir. Okay, great. Uh, thanks. Mm -hmm. And and just maybe leave a little note that says, sorry about the bag of weed. That guy was really scary from Kane. From Kane. And Very Iris well, says hi. And Iris says hi. Of course, madam. And Iris says <laughs> And uh, just bill it to my room, I guess. Oh, no bill required, so we do live to serve. And wow. he just kind of like bows and turns around and walks away. Um, and he says to the front person, Pod, I will need the number for that sweet kush. <laughs> and they go to take care of that as you're left alone in the lobby. So, Jeeves is so cool. He is the best. And then she puts her arms around him and says, but you're cooler. <laughs> Shall we go now? Yeah, lead the way. She leads him. 
uh, quickly up to her dorm room, which I forget the number, but <laughs> oh, I forget the number too. Yeah, I think it started with a. I think it started with a three. I could be wrong. <laughs> As you go up to the room and you're opening it, a door opens kind of down the hallway, and uh, Kane, you see the roommate who you borrowed the the riding clothes from. Because remember, Able. you're literally in riding clothes. Yeah, you got yeah. Able. you you had those like <laughs> those big pantaloons, and he pokes his head out and he goes, "Hey, man, did it all work out?" Man, I just had the craziest night. Oh, uh, th- this is my uh, my friend Iris that I met tonight. Hi, I'm Iris. Hey, Iris. What's up, neighbor? <laughs> <laughs> hey, Iris, this is Abel. Really cool guy. Mm. He let me borrow this outfit. Yeah, man, let me tell you, those pantaloons. Mm, sexy. Look at that ass. Am I right? And he, like, asks Iris about Kane's butt. Okay. Oh, it's the bestest. I'll return the pants when we're done. Well, remember, I'm always down for a friendly menage a trois, and he just shuts the door. <laughs> Abel's a pretty free spirit. It's uh, it's kind of cool. Yeah, I like him. <laughs> this is my door. And she like, goes to the door. Oh, shoot, where's my key? And she like looks through some of her pockets and finds it and opens the door and just kind of slowly opens it for him so he can step in. Thank you. The kind of main condo room looks very similar to yours, Kane. You know, really nice furnishings, painted well, everything's new. Uh, but the outside, where yours is a little tiki bar with sand, you see a hot tub. Oh, that is so cool, man. I And I'm just kind of walking around the room, taking in. I love this place. I've never been somewhere this amazing before. No, I didn't even know I was going to get a hot tub. It just, they just had it for me. Iris skips past him and uh, opens the doors to, to the, the balcony. Um, and she turns around to her back's facing him and just unbuckles her <laughs> suspenders for like the 50th time. <laughs> um, <laughs> and just lets them drop. She's not wearing anything underneath. You could just see like the tattoos of her fairy wings. And she kind of like turns and like looks back at him and then just slowly gets into the hot tub. Kane's just kind of, you know, struck for a moment. And he's just like, oh. <laughs> All right, be cool, Kane. Is that a... Is that okay? Did I move too fast? Uh, you feel the neck, your neck, like sear, um, just for a moment, <laughs> Kane, and you just hear, "Oh yeah!" <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> oh god! This is this is strange. Um, I'm gonna die. Kane K- like just not being the most in danger. This is nice. <laughs> nice change of pace, you guys. Oh no! Kane takes off his aviators and removes all his clothes, and uh, he hops into the hot tub as well, and he just says. Um, I hear the heat is supposed to help with any pain. Oh. <laughs> My. Hey, by the way, before we get into all this, I'm just super curious. You said you get visions, right? Yeah. Are that's you, right. like, magical? I guess you could say that, yeah. I, uh. Hmm. I have certain abilities granted to me by a friend. My friend, you humans are so fascinating. Well, how about you? What are your powers? Talking to bushes? <laughs> and he laughs out loud. Uh, uh, um, yeah, uh, yeah, you could say, I mean, you know, I like plants and animals and I know them quite well. So, um, yeah, I guess you could say something like that. <laughs> The door just cracks open and you see like a hand stick out, go ice, and it like drops on the ground and then the door shuts again. Here, let me grab that. And he just gets up yeah. and grabs it when I bring it back in. And uh, he, he opens the bag of ice. He's been planning this since they walked in. He opens the bag of ice and he grabs a single ice cube and then he kind of just like puts it to her, her cheek. 
and then like slowly <laughs> slides it down her jawline <laughs> and then down her neck and across her shoulder and then down her arm and into the hot tub as it evaporates. Is that feeling better? She just jumps. She just jumps him. She just jumps. Yeah. <laughs> Kane like stops her. Moment. He says, "Wait, listen. I I need to say something before before we do this." Yeah. I, I just need you to know that um, when when I do these things, I uh, I do tend to get a little carried away sometimes, and I uh, no, to put it bluntly, I just I like it a little rough. Is that okay? <laughs> Oh, that is most definitely okay. And she grabs the back of his hair and kind of pulls his head back for a second and then rams it back against her and just starts making out. Okay, Yay. that's all I needed Yay. to say. Yay for <laughs> consent. Yay for consent. So fun thing, You're, we're going to be triggering my sex move here. Mm-hmm. Um, so <gasps> when I have sex, the dark power loses a string on me. Yay. So I'll change that. And gains a string on the person I have had sex with. So Iris, you uh, you can just write Kane's friend. Uh, they have a string on you now. Ooh, okay. Uh, because we're seeing it from the back, we see Iris's tattoo. And we swear we can see the wings kind of opening up across her back as mm-hmm. the two descend into coital bliss within a hot tub. <laughs> Undergrad, A Monster Heart's Tale, will return after a brief word from our sponsors. And now, a word from our sponsor, Antonino's Pizza. Our specialty is pizza. That's what we do. It's what we do best. We don't offer pasta. We don't offer wings. We don't offer fries. We stick to what we do best, and we believe we do it better than anyone else. The best pizza in town or your money back every penny. We have three locations, South Windsor, Tecumseh at Manning and Amy Croft, and LaSalle on Malden Road. And now, a word from our sponsor, Brimstone Games, your one-stop shop for all your tabletop needs. Located at 1421 Tecumseh Road East in Windsor. And now, back to Undergrad, a Monster Hearts tale. So the camera opens back up as you two are cuddling under the stars. She, she kind of laughs and says, I'm really happy you fell from the sky, Kane. <laughs> Me too. Hmm. So what's your plan after you graduate, if you're thinking that far ahead? Oh, and like a flicker of sadness goes across her, her eyes. And she kind of shakes her head and smiles back at him again and says, Um, well, it's kind of laid out for me. <laughs> I kind of just... I'm not really thinking about it. I'm just trying to enjoy this time right now before that. Laid out for you. What do you have to do? Uh, it's family stuff. Just some stuff I agreed upon. Um, I it was kind of you know if I come here and I get to spend time and and go through university, then I have some family stuff I gotta deal with. That's all. Family can be really shitty sometimes, eh? Yeah. Hey, what about you? What are you uh? Studying, I guess is the word, in school? Uh, uh, I'm, I'm here for film. Film. It's kind of funny. Oh. I, ne- I never really watched movies before I came here. <laughs> Not sure how I got into it, honestly. <laughs> she kind of snuggles in. She's like, that's really funny. I've never watched a movie. You know, I was, you don't have to do what your family wants you to do. You, you're your own person. You can make your own choices. You realize that, right? 
I mean, um, we go through life, and Kane's kind of getting like a little impassioned by that <laughs> that stupid family statement. And he's like, you you know, you can spend your entire life hiding in a room and just like living in the dark with yourself and feeling like you don't have any choice or any sort of agency over your own life. But that's not true. You're here. You're at college, and your family's nowhere around. You can do whatever you want to do. And you you know what? I want to make sure that you pursue what you want to pursue, Iris. What's your dream? Well. Huh. You know, I'm kind of more of a in-the-moment person, you could say. I haven't really thought about that. I mean, I guess my dream would be to be able to stay here longer before I have, you know, and not having to go back and, unless I want to. I guess that'd be my dream. Hmm. Would you want to stay here with me? <laughs> huh. I guess, I mean, a bit of weird phrasing, but let me rephrase. Um, <laughs> I really like you, Iris. I was wondering if maybe you'd want this to be a continuous thing. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah, I, I think that could be a lot of fun, but I do have to, I, I do, ha I, I don't know if I can not do what my family wants me to, you know, I mean, I mean, if they can, if they can find a way, sure. But yeah. And Kane gets a little mad. He's like, "Fuck family. <laughs> family oh. isn't by blood. It's who you choose to be. Your family, who's there for you." And Kane, do you not have good family either? I mean, not no. My family's fine. I shouldn't say that. Oh, I'm being mean. But do you not have good family? They're not the best. No. Mm -hmm. They probably don't even know I'm gone. Honestly, it's okay. And Kane kind of just like smiles and he says, family's who you choose. Hmm. Never thought about that. I've always just been so committed to my clan. I mean, my family, my I'm, family. I'm more of a commitment guy myself. So what do you oh. say? And he stands up naked. <laughs> oh, that's not fair. <laughs> she just stares and says, yep. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. All yep. right. And then she runs and jumps on him. And you descend into your second round of coital bliss in the night. Good for, wow, look at you. You guys are really making up for four episodes of no sex. Um, so you don't understand what Kate's getting at, right? Like, he wants to date. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I mean, she... Mm. I can't wait yeah. to see this <laughs> well, I can't well, wait to see the miscommunication that happened Would you describe here. that as a promise? Whoa. I think that I would describe that as a promise. Yeah. Just, you know, in case that's relevant to <laughs> <Just> in general. <laughs> hmm. I yeah. would say that that probably triggers your sex move, Carla. So can you explain to the audience what your sex move is as a thing? Yeah, it's just kind of funny because I don't know if Iris fully gets what he's getting at. It's <laughs> hilarious. So yeah, my sex move is when you lie naked with another, you can ask them for a promise. If they refuse, take two strings on them. So actually it doesn't. Oh, okay, okay. No. So, uh, well, yeah, okay. Okay, cool, cool. So, never mind. That's so, okay. you two descend back into post-coital, uh, or to coital bliss, which will do, uh, you get to lose the other string. Avery. Oh, you nice. And now the dark power has two strings on you, Iris. Oh, God. Oh, man. <laughs> everyone has strings on Iris. Strings <laughs> for everyone. So, after you have had sex, you both fall asleep. And at this point in the night, is about 4.30 in the morning and everyone is asleep. Let's go to Iris first. Iris, you have a dream. I want you to roll plus dark for me. 
Oh, gosh. That is 13. I got two sixes plus one. So you are laying in a soft blue meadow with violet flowers covering a small hill. Uh, This small hill is overlooking your home. Would you like to Mm -hmm. describe for the audience what this home looks like? Yeah, so Iris, being Fae, lives beyond the veil in the Fae realm, which if any human were to step foot in it, they would just be overwhelmed with the color and the beauty of the place. And what I came up with for Iris is that Iris's clan is a type of nature spirit, uh, specifically a type of fairy, and their clan is very connected to the earth and to mother nature, so they live in a forest in the Fae realm, and since the clan lives in harmony with the natural world, so to not disrupt it, and also to protect the clan, their homes are very well concealed within the forest in thick shrubs or inside trees or in treetops, etc. So when looking at Iris's home, it just looks like a beautiful, vibrant forest, unless you look more closely. And uh, there, there are multiple suns all kind of orbiting the sky in various mm. speeds and patterns. As you are laying on the grass, you see dark clouds beginning to roll into the sky. And these are unlike clouds you've seen before because they seem to literally extinguish each sun as they roll closer and closer to you. Lightning begins to roll. And as the thunder goes, you feel the earth shake. Finally, the clouds that have been looming towards you just cover everything around you, these smog and rain clouds at the same time. And with one final thunderclap, it illuminates brighter than all the suns. And what you see before you is a tetragram surrounded by two concentric circles with a bunch of runes in it. And it's almost flashing against the sky. And in that moment, uh, lightning across the sky simultaneously strikes and lights the forest on fire and it begins to just eviscerate it before you and you can feel the heat and the suffering and the pain and the anguish of your people and in fact all the fey realm she wakes up screaming with like tears in her eyes and she's like hyperventilating as soon as you wake up screaming you realize that that doesn't wake Kane up at all. Kane is laying next to you. And when you catch your breath, you realize that you can't even hear the hot tub going because the hot tub is stopped in time as you're kind of hyperventilating and you hear a voice go, bad dreams, huh? And she like turns and looks to see who it is. You see the old man sitting in your hot tub. (laughs) (laughs) Is he wearing the tux still or? Yeah, is. is he wearing the tux? <laughs> yeah, he is. Oh my god, yes. <sighs> yeah. Oh, well, that must have been quite a quite a bad dream. Mm. You're still technically dreaming, but I just figured this was going to be easier. You need to see something. Don't worry. Kane will be along shortly. He He needs to see his own path. And he snaps his fingers and... Iris, you go away. Zach, you are dreaming in the hospital. Your band is playing, and you know it's very important. You see Travis and Brian and Alexis all tuning their instruments, going over their, you know, their final exercises. Everyone's hyped. You see flyers everywhere that read Battle of the Bands. And finally, you go up to play. You see crowds in front of you. They're all cheering. The lights are in your face. You strum your first chord, and the crowd lights up in excitement. Roll plus dark for me. Mm-hmm. 
Mm. Oh, I'm so good at dark. I'm like the darkest, fluffiest little kitten. Oh god. Uh, oh, it's a seven minus one. Oh, it's no. a six. Oh boy. Oh dear. So here's what happens. Oh, this is probably your, gonna be great. A, a, as you're like strumming, the the back doors of the theater fly open, and you see a, a bunch of figures in what look like suits bursting through and dispersing the crowd. And you feel some arms grab you from behind and throw you to the ground, and you can't see what the figures look like. They just look like these tall, looming figures over overhead and uh, one of them holds out their hand and they're given your guitar by another figure and they raise your guitar high in the air and the last thing you see is it brought down on your head and you wake up <laughs> and you're in the hospital and you see Alexis and Travis are both sleeping he's going to look around for his guitar you hear it and you look and in the corner you see an old man in a midnight blue suit playing your guitar. <laughs> this is a really nice instrument. Dun, 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 dun. A little out of tune. Yeah, I'd appreciate... Well, yeah, uh, the C chord is uh, connected to the G chord. G chord's connected to out of yeah. tune. <laughs> Bad dreams, huh? Yeah, uh, getting a lot of really fucked up shit happening. Uh, would really appreciate some sort of explanation. You know, I think it's about time you got one, Zach. Ask and you shall receive. And he strums your guitar, and this, like, really strong note hits you, and it, like, closes your eyes, and you disappear. Dr. Egan. Yes. You've arrived back home. You, you still have to work regular hours, so I feel like you've probably got yourself in at least some sort of... You, you probably sleep for, what, like, literally ten minutes of the night? Like, you probably don't need much yeah. of a vampire, right? I, I just need a few hours. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm gonna actually stop off at my um, my fridge first, because I need a little nightcap of some <laughs> uh, blood that I, I brought home from the lab. Oh, definitely. Yeah, you, <laughs> you, you end it with a nice little juice box, dull juice box of blood. Um, <laughs> so... Can never get that straw in. <laughs> So you finally end up going to sleep and laying your head down. Uh, roll plus yes. dark for me. All right. Uh, six. <laughs> oh, dear. Okay. Yep. So you are in a lab alone mixing formula. And you know when you're there that you're on the verge of figuring something out. Like, you, you, you're just, you're dropping your dream. You know this is very important. You're yes, a final syringe away. And you put the syringe, you inject it, what uh, the syringe's contents, into a test tube and you shake it up. And a moment, a moment, a moment. And it begins to turn a color, the color blue that you're looking for. It's a success. Oh. Until it's not. And the blue only holds its color for about three seconds. And then it begins to froth into this gray, soapy, heavy foam-like material. And it literally bursts over the test tube top. And the dark gray foam begins to cover your entire body and crawl up your arm and all oh. the way around you. And you just hear voices go, we need more Elizabeth. 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 And it's growing as this is all surrounding you. And the last thing you can feel is the gray foam enter your mouth and you wake up. And I, I kind of wake up with a, a gasp and I'm uh, breathing very, very heavily. How can you drink this? You just hear a voice at your countertop table as you see an old man in a midnight blue suit examining your your little blood juice box. And then he looks <laughs> and he says, I would imagine the calories are insane. How'd you get in here? Oh. I have, a, I have an alarm. I have two alarms. How did you get in here? <laughs> you, 
Yes, you do. They're both wildly inadequate. <laughs> I sense that you like learning, Elizabeth. You think? He looks around your house and he goes, I think that this entire home is a testament to all the learning you've done over the many, many, many years. Hmm. Would you like to learn something what? you don't know? Depends. What do you want for it? In a sorts, it's free. In another way, everything. So, I'll let you be the judge. He snaps his fingers and you disappear. <laughs> Evelyn, you have uh, been sorting uh, your stuff. At, as far as you know, you're still sorting your stuff. I want you to roll plus dark for me. Okay. That's a six. Oh, dear. Okay. So, <laughs> as far as you're concerned, you are still making your charms. You have gone a pretty good ways in your pile. And as you're kind of putting the last touches on one of them, you hear what sounds like crying. But it sounds like thousands of voices are crying at once. And it's this, like, wailing of pain and sadness and fear and it seems like it's coming from the earth as a witch you're definitely connected with a lot of the kind of earthly um, energies and this right. seems very antagonistic very fearful and very dark and you can feel it's as if this like frothing of thousands of things are underneath your feet all crawling to get up crawling to get out to be freed they're trapped under there and this screaming builds up and builds up Evelyn puts her hands through her ears and she's just rocking and rocking. Yeah, absolutely. So as you rock, all the sounds just stop for a moment and then a thousand hands all jump out of your floor and they all reach and grab you and they're grabbing your arms and they have their hands in your mouth and they're they're pulling at you. They're ripping your skin apart. She's trying to scream. And they're, they're, they're just yelling, help us, Evelyn, help us, Evelyn, help us, Evelyn. And you see them grab their cat and they rip whiskers in half. And they're, 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 just, they're just drastic, like just grabbing, grabbing and ripping and ripping. And then you wake up and you're just holding your charms and whiskers is quietly sleeping in front of you. I just pick up Whiskers and I just hug her to me and I just start petting her. <laughs> Here, kitty. A hand just crosses in front of you and just starts petting Whiskers' head with you. I just look up. <laughs> you see a man in a midnight blue suit. We really need to stop meeting like this. I quite agree. <laughs> Either that or start telling me some answers. You are just like your other friends, so eager to learn. Well, have no fear. It's time. Oh, and you can bring the cat. Snaps his fingers and you're gone. <laughs> Kane. Roll plus dark for me. Ready. Eleven. Oh, good. You wake up laying face down on the lawn chair. But instead of the hot tub sound, you hear a dry wind. And as you pull your face up from the hot tub chair, from that beach chair, you see that you're lying in a desert with winds blowing at you. Uh, you're still mostly naked, so the, the sand is like <laughs> biting away at your skin as it rips parts of your skin off. It feels like it's corrosive. Ugh. And you just hear a voice, almost like it's coming from the sky, saying, At last we get some alone time, game. Hello, friend. I have, a, I have one question. What should I call you? I am simply a friend. That is all you need to know. I have helped you a long time, Kate. 
Remember when you called upon me? Do you remember what I did for you? Of course. You, you gave me a life. You gave me everything. Yes. And in return, I expect more than just the gift you gave me. I expect everything. And the sand kind of starts to swirl into a shape in front of you. Um, it's, a, it's, it's a figure. And uh, the sand makes the shape of this figure and then two poles um, on either side of her that her are kind of wrapped in chains and she's got her head down. And she looks up and you see the panicked look of Zelda Ivanwald, who died at the beginning. And she looks, she goes, Kane, where, Kane, where, where am I? What's going on? The last thing I remember is just this mask and knives. And, and then, oh, strong wind comes and blows the sand away. And you hear. <laughs> Thank you, Kane. So it was my fault. It was your gift. She now lives forever. I thought it was only supposed to be the one gift. What you outlined the first time we met, I, I didn't. You're not supposed to want more. No! The voice, like, like crescendos and, and, like, a big, like, gust of wind picks up and he goes, Why don't I send you back to the hole you came from? And no. the wind blows you away and you, like, take off into the sky. And the night sky goes totally dark as you get blown away by this wind. And you feel yourself fly for probably about, like, ten seconds in the air as if you're getting launched. And you hit a hardwood floor and you go rolling backwards and you end up under a bed in in a room and this room is very familiar because it was your room no and outside of your door you can hear the voices of your father and your mother as they're no. yelling at each other and you hear your father cuss at her you're so stupid and whips a bottle across and it shatters and you hear your mother yell back with equal ferocity and throw something that seems a bit more dull perhaps a shoe or a book uh they're making quite a ruckus in the room next door and uh, kane just covers his ears and he's just like no 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 no, no. I, i'm sorry i'm sorry I'll, I'll i'll do what you ask i'll do what you ask i swear just get me the fuck out of here i don't you and then all of a sudden you hear where's the fucking kid and you hear the footsteps coming towards your room as the shadow starts no, to under your door and you realize that you're wearing a onesie jammies and you're only about four and a half feet tall right now no i'll do anything i swear please please get me the fuck out of here very good kane and as the door opens up you briefly see the shadow of your father as boom, the whole thing dissipates into nothing and you wake up Sorry. You notice Iris is gone next to you. He, he's not even thinking about it. He just gets up and he steps outside for some fresh air. And he kind of just looks to the sky and says, I'm sorry. I promise. Oh, Dopey, you didn't do anything wrong to me. What the fuck? <laughs> Still sitting in the hot tub is, is, is this guy. And he's now smoking a cigarette going, I thought it... It took you a very long time to wake up, Kane. You are quite the sound sleeper. Much more than your partner, I must say. What are you doing here? That is an excellent question. And he stands up, and as he gets out of the hot tub, you notice that his clothes are totally dry. But I think it would be best explained if you just saw. And he snaps his fingers, and everything goes dark. All five of you open your eyes at the exact same time. You're all in your jammies still, except Zach, who is in a hospital gown with, like, his butt sticking out and everything. <laughs> um, uh, I don't know if 
Iris would have clothes on, and I'm not. Oh, just saying Iris, that. yeah, you're you're yes. pretty. Yeah, you're you're naked, and so is uh, so is Kane. Oh God. Great. Kane so, literally you... hides behind Iris. <laughs> Iris. Iris doesn't even care. She's very comfortable being naked. And she just waves at everyone and goes, hi. You all are now next to each other, and you see that you're actually uh, in this very small alcove in a, uh, a little path that's about three or four stairs down to the small alcove, and you're all staring at a rusty old red door. Sorry, we're in, we're in an alcove where? Uh, just you don't know where on on, oh, on campus. Okay. You don't know where because uh, it's okay. it's down a few stairs. So you're kind of like in this alcove. You can't really see out into the campus right now. Were the rest of you visited by Mr. Midnight? <laughs> uh, that's what we're calling him now. Oh my God, Zach! <laughs> uh, he turns to uh, <laughs> he turns to Kane, then turns to Iris, then turns back to Kane, and like just goes nice. Uh, oh my God, Zach! You look like shit, dude. Yeah, right. I got fucked up by a fucking crowbar, so I guess I got a little bit, uh, I, I mean, you know. Uh, so I'm just gonna saddle over with my fucking broken foot, <laughs> and, uh, let's just kick down this fucking door. No, wait, maybe just- <laughs> Whoa, yeah! You hear some drunken frat boys walk by. <laughs> Woohoo! Fucking... Yeah. They're, they're clearly fresh off a party, and, like, one of them, like, stumbles by and, like, like looks down the alcove and goes, Hey, everyone! And he looks at you, Iris, and he goes, Whoa! How's it going, tattoo girl? Iris just waves. Keep walking, frat boy. Get out of here. Good luck! You're not gonna get in there, man. We've tried... All the time, I'd love to get laid in there, but man, that door's always locked. But one day, and his brother's like, yeah, man, one day I'll fuck you in there. What? What, bro? Nothing. And they all kind of, like, walk away. <laughs> they seem nice. Elizabeth is, like, trying not to look at these naked Because <laughs> this is so inappropriate. Is anybody wearing more than one layer? Anyone. <laughs> you know what? I, I think Elizabeth might be wearing like a, a silky robe. She has like, kind of, like a. Uh, yeah. So she takes off the robe and hands it to Iris. What? <laughs> uh, Zach's going to go here, buddy, and <laughs> just take off his hospital gown. So but you're you... naked now? <laughs> yeah, I'll be He's naked. It's fine. Okay, so Zach good. is now naked. <laughs> you know, Kane, Kane takes it. Thanks. Iris goes, wait, I really don't mind. I mean, the human body is beautiful. I, can, I don't mind having my clothes on. Yes, but I, I can't be caught with naked students. Oh, dear. But he's naked now, and she points at Zach. Oh. Why don't we and all she goes, just... And Elizabeth just goes to the door and tries to open it <laughs> with the hopes that there's clothes in it or something. The door opens up. It just, with a simple click, it opens up. All right. So she opens it up, and she kind of... Slowly peeks around the corner just to make sure there's no danger or anything in there. You enter the room, and the first thing that you see is Larry, the floating lantern. <gasps> Larry! Larry! Hey, Larry does like a dance. Larry does like a dance, and he's happy that he sees you. And Larry does like a little little bob as he shines his light on a chair. And on the back of the chair is a bathrobe. It's all yours if you want it, Zach. Thank you. Just gonna put it on. Zach, you now have a queen bathrobe. It's got like Freddie Mercury like right on the front, just like jamming yes. out. Oh and, hell yeah. yeah! It's 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 like a, a like an actual queen bathrobe. Oh nice. 
So you, you have that on, and Larry the Lantern shines really brightly, and you see him open up his front flap, and all of the lights in him exit, and all of them fly into various little torch spots around the room, and most of his light flies into a fireplace. And all the lights go on at the same time, and the fireplace and all the torches begin to dance multi-colors. And what you're seeing is a bunker. You are in some sort of underground bunker. There is a polished black stone all around that. That's what it's made of. A lot like what the Ministry of Magic would look like. From oh, Harry nice. With these nice. large archways throughout with this uh, uh, red carpet with golden inlay kind of laying down on these dark polished hardwood floors. That spider web across into several rooms as we go. The main room where most of the light went is circular and you see a large circular oak table sitting right in the middle with seven empty chairs all around. Tapestries and paintings and photographed, uh, and, and photographs kind of line the walls, but there's one in particular. It sits on the kind of main wall uh, that sits uh, opposite to the fireplace. So it's kind of like these are the, the, the head and the foot of the room, as it were. And this large tapestry you see, again, a lot like Harry Potter, it's a bit like the Sirius Black Home, where you see the tree with all of these different paintings mm. on it. It's difficult to see what the paintings are right now, because uh, you're a bit too far away. Guys, this place is amazing! What the hell yeah. is this place? This is incredible. I never knew this existed. So Elizabeth's gonna go up to some of the the artwork to see what she can see. And Iris just runs to the table. She just like sprints down the hall. Cool, okay, so you sprint to the table. Um, it has an oak tree carving in the center and each of the chairs, each has like this, this leather back with this golden embroidery of an oak tree on the back, and, and there's a large S that sits kind of in the center of the oak tree as you're looking around, Iris. Dr. Egan, when you get to the tapestry, you see that there is a large oak tree painting with the saying on the bottom, Doctrina Incrementum Memoria, which oh, translates okay. to learning, growth, and memory. The different sort of portraits that you see on the tree, you see a large ape-like creature with long uh, kind of curls in her hair and pink bows, smiling. You see, a, um, I guess, a group of triplets, and they each have gills and translucent skins, and they're wearing black jackets, and they're uh, black leather jackets with, like, thumbs up, uh, with, like, kind of like a greaser haircut. You see a zombie boy dressed in his Sunday best with a worm that's sticking out of his ear, seemingly also trying to get into the picture. And Ew. you see a young woman with a 80s feathered look like Farrah Fawcett style with glistening eyes filled with swirling darkness that seem to dance even through the painting. And as you're examining this room, you hear yet again. Oh, good lord. Well done. And through the dark hallway, you see the old man with his cane and the midnight blue suit. And he looks at all of you. Congratulations. Thanks. You have us all here? Are we getting some answers now? Yes. I think it is time. Please. He waves his hands and all of the chairs pull themselves out as if waiting for you to sit down. Iris runs to a chair and just sits down happily. Um, Zach is going to uh, sit at a chair, glad to have something to rest his leg, and uh, put his big ol' fucking leg cast on top of the, the table. Kane finds a seat next to Iris. 
And after watching, just to make sure nothing happens when other people sit down, <laughs> Elizabeth goes and sits in the seat. He waves his hand one more time, and in front of all of you, a very delicate crystal glass appears. And everyone's but Egan's. A golden, swirling liquid sits in. Egan's, yours has blood. And he goes, please drink. And he looks at you, Zach, and says, I think you'll want to drink most of all, my lad. Uh, is it drugs? In a way. Hell yeah! He's gonna like, <laughs> down that shit. Yes. As soon as the ambrosia touches your lips, you feel your throat burn in a really nice way. Your gums begin to have a shearing pain as you like hold your jaw and you can feel all the swelling go down as your teeth push through your gums. Ooh. Oh my God. And, and yes. And so you lose all your harm. Oh yeah. And anyone else that takes a drink, you also lose all of your harm. Oh, Iris okay. drinks. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and if you are were not harmed, it just makes you feel like you feel energized. You feel awake. You feel you feel good. Um, all the fear of, of the dream seems to kind of seep away as you drink this. Nice. And the man just quietly pulls out a cigarette from his pocket, snaps his fingers, and the cigarette tip bursts into flames. And as it dies down, he takes a long drag, exhales, and looks at you all and says... Welcome to this society. We have much to discuss. Don't you end it now. And our camera fades to black. You son of a bitch! Our camera opens up a few days later after the events of the Welcome Mixer Party. And we are in a room full of lawyers and dignitaries from the college and the town of Oakhaven who are gathered around to hear the will of Coffee Bob. And as they gather, the lawyers enter and one of them opens an, op an envelope and says, Here is the last will and testament of Coffee Bob. <laughs> because that's going to be his legal name. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, He's like Ernie the Bacon guy of this universe. <laughs> yeah, totally. Oh so they begin to read, and watching at the very back of the room. Has anyone seen Grand Budapest Hotel? Yeah. Yeah. Nope. Yeah. Well, this looks like Willem Dafoe's character, so he's very gaunt with uh, greasy hair, sitting in the back with a long brown leather trench coat, just picking at his cuticles as he's waiting impatiently to hear the results. And the lawyer in the center says, I, Coffee Bob, give all my earthly possessions to Oakhurst College. And as he's reading, a lawyer next to him stands up and goes, hups, 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 in his ear. And he shakes his head and goes, oh, yes, yes, of course. There has been an addendum to Coffee Bob's will. And you see the crowd start to talk amongst themselves. And the man in the back sits up very intently. And they pull out the addendum and it says, I hereby leave my building, Coffee Bob's, and all the business therein to... And he looks very shocked and looks up and goes, Who the hell is Josh Morton? <laughs> Josh Morton. Yes! Oh, the guy! 
and the crowd begins to talk amongst themselves in panic and some of them are, are laughing and some of them are scoffing and in that chaos the man in the back stands up and without saying a word kicks open both of the courthouse doors goes to a payphone and dials a number and he waits only a moment and you hear him say yeah we got a big fucking problem Hey there, thanks for listening. Tall Tale Theatre Collective is proud to announce that we are expanding our podcast network to now feature two programs. We will continue to present our horror series, Night Terrors. Welcome to a world of thrills, threats, and terrors. Night Terrors is an anthology radio play podcast that will bring you face to face with your nightmares. Come listen, if you dare. Introducing our newest program, Fantasy Fantasia, which includes two RPG podcast campaigns. The first is Dungeons & Dragons, Legend of the Silver Flame. Experience laughs, suspense, and triumph with a motley crew of adventurers who could be the last hope against great evil, long thought to be vanquished. The second is Monster Hearts, Undergrad, Follow the tale of romance, mystery, desire, and murder as an unlikely bunch of mostly pubescent monsters navigate their social, academic, and supernatural lives at Oakhurst College. Listeners even get the chance to weigh in on the action of both campaigns. For more, visit our website at www.talltaletheater.com. Tall Tale Theater Collective. Grow with us.